1: Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, back in studio on this Thursday, July 29th, following the JT The Brick Show. Definitely appreciate the lead-in by JT. Good quality radio for the last couple hours here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Of course, this morning, it was myself and Hondo Carpenter for the morning tailgate, and That's how we roll. Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. We'll follow the show. Lots of good uh, live and local programming here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Very excited about it. Getting closer and closer to Canton, Ohio. Very excited about that. Very excited about... I'm always excited about the guests that we have on the show, Damon. Always excited about the the guests that we have each and every day. But when I got the confirmation earlier today that we're going to have the Hall of Fame president, David Baker, on the show tomorrow to start the show off. That just really got me going, and I hate to look ahead too far ahead. And I know again, it's only two oh one on Thursday. We have we have two hours show to go, and then we still have the full you know. Tomorrow, but we tomorrow. still yeah, but I'm just kind of man. When you have David Baker calling into the show to start the show off tomorrow on a Friday, you know good things are bound to happen.
0: It's I'm so excited about that, but I just wish he could be in person because I am fascinated. If any, if people don't know, David Baker might be the the largest man to have a job in football, but not actually have played football. Well, at the professional level, I got you. I he's got a, you. He's a mountain of a man. Oh, and, he's a big dude. And I'm just so fat when he those Hall of Fame videos when it's like yeah. you have injured the whole
1: thing did you see when he he walked into Charles Woodson's backyard uh-huh. did you see that I mean how if you're just and I get it man <laughs> yeah. it's Seawood and he's expecting David Baker at the same time you know I don't know how much they already are kind of up to yeah, speed on what's going like to happen a. on yeah. but I'll tell you right now dog I'll tell you this if I'm a normal cat as I am and I'm sitting in my backyard chilling with my kids and some mammoth of a dude, I don't give a damn if it's David Baker or not. If I even recognize him at some point, but if that mammoth of a dude all of a sudden walks into my backyard, I'm looking for a weapon that I don't have. Exactly. <laughs> I ain't got the weapon, but I'm looking for it. Like, he would make me think I have gambling
0: debts or something. Like, he could be like a character from The Sopranos. Yeah, like, like the repo man is coming. Yeah, you owe him money.
1: Like, I'm looking for my keys. Like, wait a minute, man. I paid that bill. Yeah. <laughs> i can't
0: I p- wait to have him on though,
1: man. Yeah, exactly. So oh, man, uh, yes. t- I've talked to him and before. He
0: seems so regal, like everything he he's says a, sounds he's, so important.
1: Yes, he's a good dude, man. He's a really good dude, and 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 delivering that knock, that knock at the door, the hotel room doors, when he traditionally does that. And of course, with the with COVID, the last couple of years has been or a couple yeah a couple of years has been different. But man, that dude, he loves delivering that news. He really, really does. And, and I've had him on before uh, at at the radio at Radio Row in, in the Super Bowl. Dude's a good dude, so uh, I'm, I'm excited about having him on, talking about Coach Tom Flores finally getting getting the knock. You know, Charles Woodson getting the knock. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, because uh, yeah. at the
0: end of the day, it's like you're, you are – I never thought about how fun it is because you're delivering the best news of someone's career.
1: Right, right. No, it is. And on top of that, and he's he's expressed this to me before, he loves to deliver the news. He also hates the fact that there are certain players that don't get the knock. And for the longest, Coach Tom Flores – didn't get the knock. Now C Wood didn't have to wait about it. He he's first ballot guy. So he immediately got the knock. No big deal. But man, there's some players and there's some players that aren't with us anymore. You know, Cliff Branch, we talk about him, he'll never get the knock regardless. I mean, and and it stinks. We hate that. We hate when, you know, the snake, Snake didn't get the knock. I mean, it's just it's unfortunate, and now Snake eventually got in, which is great. Cliff, I'm assuming is going to get in, which is great. But man, you want them to be able to smell those roses while they're still around. You hate the the fact that it just takes too long. And we've had John McClain on the show and we'll have John McClain on the show today from the Houston Chronicle. He's a hall of fame voter. He's one of the guys that helps get these guys into Canton, Ohio. And he, he said, Q, you know, it's, 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 it's a hard job. There's so many really, really good players, really good players, but this isn't the hall of really good. It's the hall of fame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're a next level dude. If you're in the hall of fame, you're a next level coach. If you're in the hall of fame, you're a next level contributor owner, Whatever I mean, whatever the, the the case may be, that's who you are. The Hall of Fame is just special, and we're just about a week. I'll be after after the show next Thursday, and I'm talking about I'm now I'm really you know fast forwarding. But after the show next Thursday, uh, I'll be h- hopping on a flight and headed to Canton, Ohio. Be doing the show and I say roughness from uh, from Canton, Ohio on that Friday. I know JT the Brick will be taking off, I believe, Friday morning. He'll be in Canton, Ohio with Tom Flores and Charles Woodson and all of, uh, around the team, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And we've got a lot of good special things coming up for you here on Radio Nation Radio 920 as far as the Hall of Fame because it's not very often that teams and, and you know uh, fan bases get to see multiple players or coach player or whatever you want to say going to the Hall at the same time.
0: Oh, man, it's so exciting. And, like, you're going next week, going to be doing the show from there. I'm excited to see what what's that, what that that's going to bring. Maybe just get, like, some special guests. Maybe if you can just, like, hunt some people down still. Fingers are crossed for the Charles Woodson interview.
1: Hey, man, hold on. That's happening, dude. That's happening. <laughs> I'm taking myself all the way to Canton, Ohio. That's happening. I, and to take it a step further, not only is and because this is the challenges that I put in front of myself because I'm one of those guys that, you know, this is good but it could be better. Mm-hmm, How can I take it to the next level? What my plan is, and my plan has not been confirmed, but this is something I'm working on, and, you know, maybe it's going to come through, maybe it won't. I will get a Charles Woodson interview. Somehow, someway, I'll make sure that that happens. That's going to be signed, sealed, and delivered. I'll get that. And that's not confirmed by anyone but me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you that that's, that's, that's one of those bucket list things for me, and I'm going to make, make sure that happens and be, be able to deliver that to Radio Nation Radio 920. Very excited about that. But... After the hall, after these guys go and give their speeches and, and you know, they've addressed the crowd, they all have after parties. Mm-hmm. Big time after parties. I showed you the pictures of yes, LTs, you right? Yeah, and he you had did. TI performing live. Looked like a great time. It was. <laughs> pictures galore. It was, well, brother. Let me
0: ask you this then. If Charles is like, IQ, I don't have time for the interview, but come to the after party. Me and you, you my personal guest. We going all night. Then Did I'm you, there.
1: All right, but no interview, though. No, I'm going to do the interview, too. <laughs> I'll get the interview at the party. There's, look As long as you got a, a phone, you have an opportunity to do the interview anywhere. You don't have to be in a certain setting to do an interview. You can get it anytime, anytime. And I don't care if it's 2 in the morning. I don't care. As long as I get something that I can bring back to Raider Nation Radio, regardless if it's Friday when I'm there doing the show live, if it's Saturday when we're doing the Hall of Fame special show, or if it's Monday. It's gonna hit the radio. I'm going to get a Charles Woodson interview. I'm pro- I, I promise you. I'm also saying this very loud so JT, who just left, could hear that. And maybe put a bug in 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 Charles's ear for me too. You know, hey, hey, Charles. You know, do something good for your country, man. Help out your boy <laughs>
0: for the country. Yeah, hey, man. For the Country. Yeah, I'm part of the country. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> no, what do you mean, really guess? I mean with that logic, yes. <laughs> doing doing it for the doing it for the country. Whatever works, man. Whatever, whatever. You know however you tug at the heartstrings don't matter don't matter man got a special young man here charles yeah
1: (laughs) he's a good dude (laughs) lifelong dream he's a good dude you know he works hard i don't care you know you know how how back in the day i don't know you're you're a new booty you're still a youngster so maybe nobody ever said it but you ever hear the you know my uh your parents had to walk uphill in the snow to school like seven miles both ways it was in the snow and uphill which Mm -hmm. is actually technically impossible i've heard those stories yes I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not above using that kind of story. Right. <laughs> I'm not. I don't have no shame in my game. You're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. I remember, you know, I missed the bus and then I had to
0: <laughs> walk.
1: Kobe Bryant, just- Kobe Bryant was one of the all-time greatest basketball players ever, right? One of the, one of the all-time yeah, of course, best. Of one of the all-time best. Let's
0: just say top 10, top 5, wherever Do you, you put- It don't
1: even matter. Yeah. I don't, you don't have to put a number on him. Yeah. We all know his greatness. How many shots did he take in the last game? The last game of his career, how many shots did he take? What, 60? Yeah, I was going to say all of them. That's what I said, all of them. But he was guaranteed to miss one he didn't take. That's why he took them. That's what I do. I'm going to fire him up like it's my last shot, like it's my last game. If I got, if I got to fire it up 60 times to get eight points, I'll do it. I ain't tripping. I'm not worried about stats. I'm just worried about completions. You know, I'm trying to make it happen. So the many times I got to throw that fishing rod out there in the, in the water, I'm going to keep casting. Can't you can't you can't catch a fish if the water if the if the rod ain't in the water right? I love this belief. I'm fired up. I hope you get it. I hope you get him. Amen. Hope don't get you nowhere. It's determination. All right, man. Well, I was just trying to be happy. <laughs> for you, trying to am just young. Trying to have your back, Q. I'm just trying yeah, to have your man. back. You, you
0: want man? I hope he sun you. He like yeah, you Q. I heard what you said to the man the other day. Not happening.
1: He he's he. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a Scorpio man. We all ride together, man. We all ride together. C. Woods, my guy. So don't worry about it. I'll get that interview. I will. It's going to happen.
0: I'll show you. I'll show all of you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of interviews, coming up on the show today, I already mentioned him, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, Hall of Fame voter, covers the Texans like a glove. You know, we've had a couple people, including Gangster Raider, called in. I believe Brian and Henderson called in yesterday on the show and was talking about Deshaun Watson, talking about the Raiders need to go out and make a move for him. I don't agree with that. I don't think any team's going to make a a, a move for him, even though I know there's teams that are Paying attention and are curious and are thinking, like like Brian and Henderson said. He said, "Hey, I think that right now would be a great time to go get him because the Texans probably just want to get rid of him." So we'll see. We'll see from the guy that we like to call the general, John McClain. He'll he'll check in with us and he'll uh, he'll let us know what the temperature around Deshaun is, who's at training camp, who's participating in practice. He'll throw a, a pass or two and then he'll go line up at safety and then he won't go do anything. It's like really weird whatever's going on with Deshaun Watson at that practice. I feel like that that's the only thing, and John has tweeted this out as well. There's all these other players. There's 90 guys on the roster, 89 other guys out there, and there's only one guy that everyone in the media is paying attention to, and that's number four, Deshaun Watson.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, from all accounts he's not a great guy, but it sounds like he's having fun at camp where it's just like, ah, man, throw a pass. I'm going to just go play. They're just like he just gets to do whatever he wants because no one – it's not. It's really undetermined if it, what his status is going to be for the season. Yeah, man. You want to go play safety? Go ahead. You want to? You want to return some punts? I don't really get. I what, mean, we
1: I, we not going to stop you. I don't get the rhyme or reason to it. To be I honest, I don't get it either. I don't understand it. I I would like to think that most organizations would be a lot more organized and they would say, okay, this is what you're going to do or this is what you're not going to do. We can't have this, that, and the other. That's what I would think. But I've never been in an NFL training camp, <laughs> so I don't know. What their thoughts are, and that's why we'll talk to John. It's just it seems like it's a little bit of hey, we're just gonna let you do what you want to do, which hey, which can't be right.
0: Could you imagine just even under a normal circumstances, let's say any other team, their quarterback is like, hey, coach, can I just have some fun and try to return some punts? Like, why? What if you like break a, What if you break a finger? Just like I know it's he could hurt his trade value by just out there messing around. Like oh, I'm gonna go do some drills
1: with the safety. It doesn't really sound like he's doing anything. It really sounds like I don't for, he's
0: out there working hard, but just goofing off.
1: It doesn't you even sound like off. it doesn't even sound like he's goofing off. It sounds like he's literally standing around. And then he'll throw a pass or two. He might catch a swing pass out of the backfield and then he's not gonna run. He's just gonna stand there. It just again, that's why it's so bizarre, because it sounds like he's just doing a whole lot of nothing. Whole lot of nothing. So we'll talk to John McClain coming up at two thirty, get his thoughts on that at uh, 3 o'clock every day. We like to go around the NFL, cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Just kind of look at the the headlines of what's going on around the NFL. Again, that's something we do on the daily uh, at 3 p.m. at 3.30. Eddie Pascal from uh, Raiders.com. He's over there at the facility uh, right now. Second day of training camp is in the books. Uh, Greg Olson, offensive coordinator, he met with the media today as well as some players met with the media. Safety Jonathan Abram, defensive end Clee Ferrell and guard Denzel Good. And I don't know if you saw the picture of Denzel Good in his uh, media session, but he definitely walked out of the media session with a box of donuts
0: oh he walked in with them
1: but he absolutely walked out too he was making (laughs) sure i'm not leaving these things behind
0: why would he at first when i seen the video i saw the video of him bringing them in i was like oh that's so nice he got those for the media no he did not no no, he didn't that was
1: his he did not that was his box of donuts
0: yeah at first i was like oh man that's a nice little gesture there like oh first time and no 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 no
1: (laughs) No, those are mine no sorry those are with me
0: yeah <laughs> sometimes sometimes the stereotypes are true you know offensive linemen love to eat
1: hey man you got to get your grub on you got to get your grub on i'm sure that uh you know there's a good story behind that but i thought that was a kind of cool little picture and little video moment uh that we saw on twitter at least i saw it by way of twitter denzel good walking in with the donuts and then walking out with the donuts in his hand like no not for you guys these are all for me now Demon, i like to come to the show every day and have a topic or a question i like to throw out there uh for the raider nation the uh, listener line at 702-365-9200 also the salmon ash text line nine. 691- 187 keyword R and R and make sure you hit up dot com because you deserve what's right. Uh, we talked to salmon ash What I talked to salmon ash yesterday morning and uh, I asked him about that Deshaun Watson situation and they were, they were kind of questioning it as well. Like it just didn't seem right. You know, it just didn't feel right with all the you know allegations around him and hasn't been formally charged with anything, but you just know that it just seems like a, a weird situation. So uh, that was yesterday morning uh, talking to Sam and Nash, but uh, make sure you hit up the Sam and Nash text line 69187 keyword R&R. So the question that I have that I want to throw out there uh, because there's been a lot of conversation about different players. There's been a lot of conversation. I know JT had a great topic the other day, you know, players that on on notice thought that was awesome, you know, because look, you only have you have 53 guys. Got 90 guys in, in camp right now. Only 53 are gonna make the roster. So I thought that was a great question. Who are you putting on notice if you're a Raider fan? I like that a lot. But I want to take it a step further and talk about one bold prediction. I don't want to hear eight, nine, ten different ones. Well, if this happens, that happens, this happens. I don't look, man. I don't need a laundry list. So choose wisely. Choose wisely. One bold prediction that you believe, realistic. For the 2021 season, what would it be? It could be good, it could be great, it could also be bad. You could have one bold prediction and say that a certain player, or 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 it could be about the team. You could say that you know what Vegas, all the odds have the Raiders at what six and a half wins this season. Sound about right. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> it's funny. I was on a radio interview and someone hit me up and, and asked me about that, saying, hey, Q, uh, the line right now is about 6.5. Uh, what, what's your thoughts over-under on Raiders' uh, you know, wins in 2021? I thought, it better be a lot more than 6.5. It better be. You know what I mean? That, I mean, that's, there's going to be some heads roll if they end up the season with a 6-11 and 11 record or a 7-10 and 10 record. There's going to be some heads that, that, that are going to roll, and I'm not pointing out any heads that are going to roll, but there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some consequences and repercussions if that was the kind of season. So, yeah, that was my first answer. Like, Hey, man, no, it's way over. It's got to be way over. It's got to be. So I just want to hear one bold prediction. Again, it doesn't have to be that you're looking through silver and black glasses and you believe everything is good and, you know, they're going to the playoffs and making a deep run. It doesn't, It doesn't. It could be whatever comes to your mind that you think, is realistic in your heart. So hit us up, 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. And again, the and Ash text line, always wide open like some old school TV antenna, 69187, keyword R&R. Hit up Salmonash at com because you deserve what's right. You got someone over there for us to go to real quick. What's your thoughts? Yeah, we got Matt Nobok and, and Matt, you on? What's up, Matt?
2: Hey, how you doing? I'll, I'll give you um, my bold prediction. Okay, here season. we go. Unfortunately, it's not a good one. But, okay. uh My bold prediction is that uh, quite a few of our first-round draft picks from the last few years
0: don't end up having a good season this year. Again, continue to underperform,
2: and Mike Mayock is not brought back next year.
1: Whoa. All right. Matt with the that's a that's a that's a way to start us off right there. That's what. That was bold. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I didn't know where he was going at first because he was talking about multiple first round picks. But uh, I, I get it. I get the gist of it now. So basically, uh, he's saying that the guys that they picked in the first round aren't guys that can cut it. They don't help perform. They don't help get the team where they need to go in 2021. And Mike Mayock ends up being the fall guy. That's I mean, you want to sum up what Matt had to say. That's basically what it is. That's about as bold as it gets.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's so funny because Jonathan Abram, it was such a short. <laughs> I was, don't know
1: about it. Mike Mayock sitting around like, that ain't funny to me.
0: <laughs> no, but just like um, Jonathan Abram, he was asked a question today, like, you know, in the press conference yeah. about, oh, you know, the third year, like a make or break year, like, do you think about these sorts of things? And he was like, no, nah, I don't. Where it was, it was dead, it was flat out, you know, he said yeah. he doesn't think about it like like this third year means that much. But apparently Raider Nation is thinking, like, okay, this, this is the year that I don't know, I don't want to put words in Matt's mouth, but he's thinking people are going to get fired. If these first-round picks... I mean, that's what he said. You're not putting the words
1: in his mouth. That's what he said. He said Mayock won't be back next year. He said that these first-round picks aren't going to cut it, and and Mayock's going to be the fall guy. So, you know, Jonathan Abrams is one of those guys he's talking about, and I do think it's a big year for him, and I believe that the mentality that Abrams is, is, is displaying and what he said, how you said he just, no, I don't think about it like that, that's good. I mean, you don't want to go in there and put a bunch of pressure on you and say oh I have got to do this I've got to do that I've got to make sure that I you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm the best player I could be so I don't get you don't want to do that to yourself cuz then you're thinking too much and then again you're slow you just got to go out there and play and it's Gus Bradley's job and it's you know uh um uh, uh I forgot Rob Miles yes yes <laughs> Rob yes. Miles I'm like wait a minute wait a minute as, much as, as much as I've been talking about these coaches <laughs> Bradley, Mylis, and, and Smith. I've been talking about those so much. All of a sudden, just kind of like a freeze. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's their jobs to put these guys in the right position to succeed. But once you put the game plan out there, it's up to the players to go execute it. You know?
0: It, it is, but, like, I guess it, it shouldn't affect him too much. But you said that you, like, just watching Jonathan Abram today, you said you felt like you it was something different about him. Like he was more focused, more serious. I do
1: feel like he's more focused. You know? And, you know, some of that, maybe it's me reading too much into it. I, that's fine. I have no problem with that. But I do get a sense that he realizes this is business and this is the NFL. And you know, he's not a four star recruit or, you know, that he's not on scholarships. I mean, this is a job. This is something he's got to go out there and he's got to play to the best of his ability. I think he absolutely is aware of that. He's just not going to speak on it and and put that extra, uh, you know, extra pressure on him, which I I wouldn't do either, but I I do believe he he fully believes it. I mean, I'll tell you this, his rookie year is I'm not breaking news. he, He played a half a game. He came back his next year, and, you know, he's got the, the, the blonde hair and he's dancing around on the field. And, and look, that's great. Be you. I, look, I ain't going to judge a man just because what, what he looks like or, or what he's doing. I mean, that's fine. But he looked to me in 2020 like he already felt like he arrived. He got that 24 on his chest. It felt like, you know, he, he was the guy who arrived and he was the next dude because Raider Nation was pumping him up as the next dude. I was the guy that Kept saying, I think that the Raiders should be interested in Jamal Adams. I've said that. I said that plenty of times. And everyone said, no, no, no. You already got Jamal Adams and Jonathan Abram. I said, he's only played a half a game. You don't know what you have in him. Now, he can be, in my opinion, a very good version of Jamal Adams to even a point where he could end up being better than Jamal Adams. But I knew who he was right then and there. I knew who that player was. I don't know who Jonathan Abram is. So when I saw him last year, it looked like. And again, this is just visual, not saying that this is what he was. Great dude, you know, great locker room dude. Not saying that this is what he was in the locker room. It just seemed like the perception was, and sometimes perception becomes reality, that he had already arrived. And I thought he had a lot more work to do before he had arrived, if that makes sense.
0: But can't that just go to like, oh man, he's coming in, you know, a little amped up. You like yes. to dance in the hair. Yes. He's trying to get himself in that mindset. Yes. If you don't believe you, that guy, no one else is going to believe you, that guy.
1: I I'm, I don't disagree with you. I'm just telling you what my visual told me, or what my visual wanted to tell me, and I'm just expressing that. To, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'll be honest, man. You're sounding like an old man. That's fine. I'll be that guy. That's okay. At least I'm honest. I'm not going to sit here behind a mic and hide and act like <laughs> act like others that will you know will BS you. I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll tell it how it is. And I do think this is a huge year for Jonathan. Aver. I think anyone who hits us up on the Radio Nation listener line will tell you the same thing. It's not a bad thing. I mean, you see me, I walk into the studio, I'm tatted up, I got, you know, I'm good to go, I'm feeling good, you know, look good, feel good, play good, I get it. I totally get it. But at some, at some point, you got to establish yourself in, in, in your business, too. You can't just look the part, you got to be the part. You know, there's the guy at the hoop court, and maybe you don't know. As a, as a young dude coming up, playing hoops all the time, there'd be a guy that shows up to the hoop court, nike out, Fly. Jays on, looking good. Wristbands, headbands, whatever, you know, everything looking good.
0: Hey, do you remember that one, like, college? I think it was like it Eastern wasn't Carolina. wasn't that great of a player. Or that Coastal Carolina clip where it was like, you got your bands yeah. on. Yeah. You got your legs, Yeah. Good, got See what I'm saying? Good. Yes. You know
1: what I mean? Like, can't meow, meow, meow. meow. We need some dog. Exactly. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with I'm looking the part. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being looking the part. But at some point, you also have to be the part. And I think Jonathan Abram would tell you so far, In his short career, he's only played 14 games. That's the thing about it. Two seasons, he had the opportunity to play 32 games. He's played 14. So it's a very small sample size. He said that going into last year. Hey, I'm still a rookie. And I said that multiple times last year. This guy's going to make rookie mistakes because he didn't have a rookie year. So I'm not not dogging the guy. I'm not trashing him. I'm saying that this is just a big year, if for nothing else, DeMond, for his contract.
0: Well, yeah, that's all the incentive anybody should need right there. I mean,
1: <laughs> it would be it would be the incentive I need. Yeah, that, be like, you throw that check in front of me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do some backflips for that check. I'll I'll turn into i uh, I'll turn into the circus guy. You know, I'll, I'll turn into the guy that's a gymnast. You know, just because you got to do what you got to do to get that bread. He gonna do it. I, well, I, I'm I'm not ho- saying, I hope he does. I'm rooting for him. I think I think everyone's rooting for him because he's a guy that I think everyone naturally likes. There's certain people that have that those infectious type personalities that you just kind of, hey, man, this is, that's, that's my homeboy. He's a cool dude. I think Jonathan Abram was a dude that I'd probably hang out with. I'd probably sit around the bar, BS with, and, and have a great time. Tell the wife, hey, I'm going over to Jay's house, man. We finna kick it. Oh, same, man. Um, like, You know what I'm, I'm saying? like when He, he can, seems
0: like the, the homeboy that you can kick it with. Yeah, he was a guest on In the Huddle, him and his trainer, Dion. and it was just like, man,
1: y'all some cool cats, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Now, he, And I think him and his trainer both know that it's time to go and make it happen on the field. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Everyone has a standard. Everyone has something that they've got to live up to. And I think that's, that's what it is for Jonathan Abrams. So uh, hit us up, man. There's a lot of ways to get a hold of us. Twitter, at r 920 A&M. <laughs> A&M. <laughs> Texas A&M. I'm thinking of I'm thinking the SEC. <laughs> I'm thinking of all these moves going on in the Big 12. At, at R&R 920 am That's Radio Nation Radio's Twitter account. You can also hit up the Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Want to know what your one bold prediction is for the 2021 season. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary
0: Roughness.
1: Here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: I'm going to have to kick you, you know what,
2: today. Here's your boy Q.
0: I mean, it was critical. I mean, so, you know, biggest thing is commodity, you know, trying to get around some of our teammates. You know, we got a lot of new faces around here. Just trying to build, you know, a bond with these guys. You know, got a lot of new guys coming in from, you know, like you said, free agency, um, drafts and things like that. And then also, you know, we got a new defense. So, you know, just getting that jump start, getting a chance to learn it. So, you know, coming back now, you know, we've put a lot in, but it's kind of pretty much everything that we already went over during the springtime.
1: There it is right there. You hear Jonathan Abram. He met with the media earlier today following practice, and I've been talking about him. Been talking about a few different subjects, including bold predictions. What do you have for the Raiders? One bold prediction, not a bunch, just one bold prediction for the Raiders in 2021. Uh, Already had one call uh, from Matt talking about the the first-round draft picks from the last couple years will not pan out, and Mike Mayock's going to be the one to suffer for it. Uh, Raider Homer hit me up on Twitter. My bold prediction is that the Raiders will sweep the Chiefs and win the AFC West. And thats I don't think that that's one of those that is out of the question. I feel like they should have swept the Chiefs last season. I really do. Being at that game there uh, at Allegiant Stadium Sunday night, uh, it was a defense. It was a defensive breakdown that really cost them the game, but uh, that was a possibility. And so I know it's going to be a little different with with fans in the stands this year, especially when they go to Arrowhead, but uh, that's something I do think is obtainable. So uh some, thank you so much for that uh, tweet. I definitely appreciate you. I did get hit up by William and he said, "Is it me or does Abram seem laser focused?" That kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier in the show. It just to me, just listening to that soundbite right there, it does sound like he's laser focused. Now, that doesn't mean that he is. It just means that that's what it sounds like to me. So, uh that's that's a uh, you know, you'll hear you'll hear a little bit more from from Jonathan Abram later on in the show as multiple players from the the team met with the media t- today including Clee Ferrell guard Denzel Good, offensive coordinator Greg Olson as well. Uh, coming up in just a few seconds, we'll have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle to talk all things NFL, and we'll start off with Deshaun Watson, but I did want to pass along this basketball note from Woj, and Shams put it out there, I believe, first. They're always competing, but the Lakers are near a deal to acquire Washington's Russell Westbrook for Kyle Kuzma, Mont- Montres Harrell, Contavius Caldwell-Pope and a 2021 first round pick. So Russell Westbrook looks like he is leaving Washington and headed to LA. LA is his home. He's the LA guy. And teaming up with LeBron in LA, teaming up with Anthony Davis in LA. That's going to be an interesting team to follow. So I think that's a hell of a hell of a move right there if they're able to pick up Russell Westbrook and I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan. Definitely a big Russell Westbrook fan. I uh, I just like his mentality. I like the way he plays. I know sometimes he, can, he could shoot you out of game. <laughs> when he's not on, he's really not on. But, man, I'll tell you, that dude, he goes hard in the paint all the time. He has no red lights in his, in his life. He has no yellow lights. Everything is green. So that will be interesting to see him on the Lakers. Uh, also got hit up on Twitter. My bold prediction is that Trayvon Merrick leads the Raiders in interceptions this year, leading him to winning Defensive Rookie of the Year. I like that one. Really good tweet right there, and the reason I like that one is because being in Central Texas and covering the Big 12, which the Big 12 looks like it's not going to be the Big 12 anymore, saw a lot of TCU and saw what Trayvon Merrick was able to do. Had my guy Steven Simcox on the other day talking about Trayvon Merrick. I do think he has an opportunity to really be that ball hawk at the back end of the, uh, of the Raiders defense and kind of be that guy that creates a bunch of turnovers that they haven't had in a very long time, which allows Jonathan Abram to play a little bit looser, a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage where he's a lot more comfortable. I think that that's really going to help both of those guys out. Now, the part of that that you, know, you have to realize is that Trayvon Merrick is coming from the Big 12 and he's going to the NFL. So he's going to have to go out there and he's got to learn his job, learn the scheme, and Pick it up as quickly as possible. I do think he's the day one starter. So thank you so much for that tweet. Good stuff right there. So I do want to hear your bold predictions. One bold prediction. Raider Nation Radio. The Salmon Ash text line is six nine one eight seven. Keyword RNR and then Twitter at RNR nine twenty. AM, you could always hit me up as well, at your boy Q254. But right now, on the phone lines, we have my guy, the general, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You can find him on Twitter, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. And, John, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I do appreciate you. And I've been following you on Twitter and, and seeing everything you've been tweeting out about Deshaun Watson at training camp. And sounds like he's there. He's somewhat active, but he's not very active. What is going on? What's the latest and the greatest going on with Deshaun Watson there in training camp?
2: Well, Q. first of all, Watson reported on Sunday with the quarterbacks and the rookies, and he reported to avoid paying a $50,000 a day fine. You know, they don't get their base salaries, in his case, $10.54 million for regular season starts. And even though he's made millions, including a $27 million signing bonus last year, he's got one of the most expensive attorneys in the country, Rusty Harden, who's been on his payroll for five months. And Rusty Harden does not come cheap, as many pro athletes have found through the years. So he came in to avoid paying a fine. They could have said, go home, we'll give you an excused absence, and you won't get fined. Or when practice began yesterday, they could have told him, stay inside Energy Stadium and work out on your own, which is what players do when they're injured or on injured reserve throughout the season. But they had him come out on the field. It was a circus. Local media, national media, area media, it were out there recording every step he took. So he came out. It's the first time he'd been on a practice field since before their last game of last season. And a week later, he called him. he wanted out. He still wants to be traded, and they want to trade him. But I guess somebody's going to make him an offer. But... So he came out both days and here's what he did. He was the fourth quarterback and when they went through their drills of all the quarterbacks throwing passes to receivers, he did that. And then when they went to the team drills, he went and stood on the sidelines. Sometimes he'd talk to coaches, sometimes he talked to players. But there's fifty new vet- fifty new players on this team, including forty two veterans, and he doesn't know most of the team. The guys that he played with for the last four years, most of them are gone. And then two times during practice, yesterday and today, when they needed to give a quarterback a look, they would have Watson and another quarterback go stand at safety like they were playing 2 deep coverage. They didn't do anything but stand there. And so we've been making jokes about he's a dual-threat quarterback, quarterback (laughs) and safety. But he'll never take another snap for the Texans, and people know it. And there's a lot of talk about, They just decided to trade him. No, they knew they were going to trade him and said they would trade him privately going back to March. But then he had 22 civil suits filed against him for sexual misconduct and assault. Ten of his accusers filed complaints with police. He's got a police investigation. He's got an NFL investigation. We don't know if he'll be suspended for the season, half the season, if it'll go to court. There is so much uncertainty revolving around Sean Watson, but I'll tell you this kid, there's no need for him to be out on that field.
1: No, no, not at all. That's exactly what we were talking about to start the show today. I just didn't think that it made any kind of sense. Like I said, it just seems like a big circus act is going on out there. And I'm glad you mentioned trading him and a lot of uncertainty because we've had people, I've had people call in on the show saying, right now uh, the Texans will take just about anything for Deshaun Watson. I I don't know any team that would make that move. But, John, what are you hearing about teams that are interested in Deshaun? Well, first of all,
2: there's a lot of teams interested in Watson. But can you imagine, Q, what the fallout would be Mm -hmm. if he made a trade for a player with so much going on legally? Now, there could be a team that decides we can withstand the onslaught that's going to come from public pressure, and we may not have him this year, but we could have him for another 12 or 13 years. So that's the kind of team it's going to take if they wait till the legal issues are resolved Jim, that could take another year right and uh because we don't have any idea about the the wheels of justice in the n f l and Roger Goodell chu very slowly. We've seen that for a couple of decades, so there's no guarantee when that's going to be over. You know the league, besides continuing its investigation. They want to talk to more of the plaintiffs. When the Houston police wraps up its investigation, they want to talk to the police. They have no subpoena power. Nobody has to talk to them. And eventually Watson will be sitting across from Roger Goodell and people at uh, league offices. But I would say any team they before the draft, they, want, they thought, before all the legal issues, They thought they could get three ones, two twos, and a starter because he had a great season. He is a great player. He's under contract for 2025. He's 26 years old. He's tough. He's gifted. And he's a leader on the field. And uh, so they thought with so many teams, eight that I know of and maybe more, uh, trying to get him, especially if you had, say, teams like the Dolphins and Jets from the same Division trying to get him, or the Eagles and the Washington football team, that would drive up the price. Now, half of those teams saw the quarterback issues with first-round picks, but others still have needs. The ones Philadelphia, Denver, and uh, Miami I know are still interested. There may be more. But the closer they get to regular season, Q, most of these teams are going to want to see the quarterback they have ready to go. Philadelphia's second-year Jalen Hurts. Miami, second year to a time of ILOA. And Denver Denver was ready to make a big offer for him, and then they withdrew the interest or put it on hold when the the legal issue came up. And they have Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, so I'm pretty sure they haven't lost interest. But Vic Fangio, people say his job's on the line. They have a new general manager in Denver and George Payton. So uh, I know they're interested, but and boy, if you bring in a guy like this mm-hmm. at the last minute and uh, say Roger Goodell decides to put him on the exempt list, which means it's a paid leave. He he disappears, but he still gets his base salary. That's for regular season, Then you wouldn't even have the guy. So before you make the trade, you either hope that Goodell would give you some clarity, and he wouldn't. If you can't, you'd hope the Houston police would bring you up to date, but there's no reason they would, and the Texans don't have any idea about it. So the key is to find one team that's willing to pay a lot for a quarterback they may not even have this season.
1: John McClain from the Houston Chronicle is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. and. John, let me turn my attention to another quarterback that's made headlines all summer long, and that's uh, Aaron Rodgers. He returns to Green Bay. He's in camp now. He met with the media, had a very long media session yesterday, about 30-plus minutes, where he basically score-surfed the the Packers, just went all in on them. What are your thoughts on how that whole scenario played out, and do you think that scenarios like that are going to start to lead to other high-profile players trying to somewhat pull an NBA move with these organizations?
2: The last thing the NFL wants is an NBA situation where agents and players can dictate where certain players go to create a super team. Now that's harder in the NFL when you got 22 starters and special teams. Watson's agent, David Mulligetta, was able to pull that off with of the Rams when they traded for Jalen Ramsey and the Jaguars. Ramsey was miserable in Jacksonville, and he got out of there. He got a new contract. He went to the playoffs. He played great. And Russell Wilson thought about it and then decided against it. And I've told you, Q, no matter if you were still in Texas or now that you're in Las Vegas, I always thought Rodgers would be back. Mm-hmm. Now, the key is they lopped off the last year of his contract. He's got two years left. And I remember when they drafted Jordan Love, he had come off throwing 25 and 26 touchdown passes. And a lot of people said that they did it to, to uh, like, Give him motivation, extra incentive. Well, you, you, know, you can't imagine Aaron Rodgers need that for whatever the reason. He threw a career forty-eight touchdown passes and won an MVP for the third time. So, uh, will this situation motivate him even more? You know, he uh, he didn't get what he wanted before the draft when he came to an extension for the kind of money he wanted. Then it was leaked to Adam Schefter that he wanted to be traded. And the reason I always said I thought he'd be there, I thought if they treated him, they'd be before the draft. But number two, so many of his teammates told the media or players he used to play with who were in the media all said they thought he would be back. It was the media Mm -hmm. saying they thought he was gone. And, of course, he's back. This could be his last year. could be the second year. But it looks like he, he wants a Brady situation. He'll be 40 when he becomes a free agent. And maybe he wants to go to a team that'll that will sign him and allow him to dictate some of the personnel moves as Brady has with the Buccaneers.
1: It will be interesting, you know, it really will. And the way that they kind of reworked everything and heck, they even went out to uh, Houston and got his old running buddy Randall Cobb. And I know that that's not a big deal, but uh, the Texans agreed to trade him, even going to take a little bit of the salary. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? On Randall Cobb returning to Green Bay as as part of what Aaron Rodgers wanted?
2: Well, people were happy for Randall because he played eight seasons there. He and he and uh, Rogers are good friends. And then he was Dallas two thousand nineteen, Houston two thousand twenty, mixed six games. Didn't do squad air. and uh, and so they got a sixth round pick for him. They agreed to pick up three million of his eight point two five million base salary. It was a terrible contract. The Texans signed him to three years, twenty seven million dollars. But it's great. He'll go up there and play well because he got Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. If he stays healthy, and he stayed healthy a year, instead of having 38 catches, he would have probably been in fifties because Sean Watson played great last year. No matter who was on the field, including Cobb was out six games, the last six games. Uh, Will Fuller was suspended the last five games, and yet Watson still lit it up, just like Aaron Rodgers lights it up. Tom Brady lights it that? it doesn't matter who the receivers
1: are. Hold on, I got my guy, DeMond, wants to ask you a question, John. Here we go.
0: Hey, John, producer DeMond here. All right. <laughs> you tweeted something yesterday, and I've got to ask about it. You tweeted, Watching, watching, throwing passes brings back memories of 2017 when he threw a short pass, took three steps, and blew out his ACL. What do you mean by that?
2: Well, watching him on the practice, he could blow out his ACL at any time, just like it happened in 2000. And 17, another reason I wouldn't have him on the field. And people say, well, he's not doing anything. Well, if you toss a pass and you take three steps and nobody's around you and you blow out an ACL then, then you could do it now. The odds are it's not going to happen. But I thought about that at the time, and that's another reason. I think it's foolish to have him on the field doing nothing except being an expensive, I wouldn't say cheerleader, because he's not cheering being an expensive spectator. Let me put it like
1: that. You know, it's funny, DeMond, because you mentioned that earlier in the show. You mentioned, why is he out there? He could get hurt. And I thought, oh, he's probably not doing anything, so it's no big deal. But going back to John's tweet, that does uh, make a lot of sense. We're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And John, we've talked about the... The vaccinations across the league and, and the 85% threshold, uh, it seems like a lot of teams now are starting to catch up to speed. There's been a lot of guys put on the COVID-19 reserve list. Do you think now that those rules have been in place that the NFL put out there uh, for a, you know a week or so, that now teams and players are really starting to take it seriously?
2: Q, I can't understand why they haven't been taken seriously. Right. Two days ago, Ron Rivera, the coach of the Washington football team who fought cancer last year, was so frustrated because his players had gotten up to 50% was all. And I'm thinking, would I want to be a guy who was too stupid or stubborn to get a vaccination? And I got, I tested positive, and I'd been around coach, and I got coach sick, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to be a player who had to miss games like players did last year, and instead of getting the game moved, the game's forfeited. I wouldn't want to be the cause of that. So there are still players out there who haven't got the vaccination. Bills receiver Cole Beasley is the poster child for that. And every mm-hmm. time I see him with quotes about it, like right now they don't have enough accurate information. Give me a break. There's medical experts all over the country, including the top medical center in the country in Houston, with Dr. Peter Hotez, who's all over TV and newspapers, and and I I read him in the Chronicle every week with a cue and answer about everything involving the vaccinations and the virus and the variations. And I trust him implicitly. And it took me nine seconds to get two shots. I just don't understand why people
1: won't do it. I, I, I'm i with you, you know, and especially these guys that are in this team setting, they they really got to make sure they do it for not only themselves, them team, and, and like you said, Ron Rivera, you know, he was very uh, upset about his team not taking it very seriously, so we'll see how it, uh, you know, continues to evolve, but John, something else I'm excited about next week, uh, Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm anticipating it. It's going to be a very large event due to two classes being inducted. But uh, how how fun and exciting should this upcoming weekend be uh, for not just Raider fans who are going to see Coach Flores and Charles Woodson go into the Hall of Fame, but just for the NFL fans in general seeing this this massive class be inducted? Well,
2: Q, I'm on the Hall of Fame selection committee. I'm on the Hall of Fame coaches' committee, the seniors' committee. And I was part of the Centennial Committee, which will be inducted in September. And I used to go every year, but till I started having to be at the Texans uh, throughout the offseason. And it's one of the greatest events ever. In 2006, I was put into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. and The parade, Kansas a town of about 90,000. People ask me about, what did I do in the NFL? i tell them two things from covering the league. 45 years. Go to Atlanta field, preferably when it's cold in December, or go and go to Canton. Especially if you can go on induction weekend, when the city swells up to about 200,000, always stay at uh, Cleveland Airport. It takes about an hour and 15 minutes Mm -hmm. to get down there. They have taken up every hotel room in central Ohio, including in Amish country and northeastern Ohio, and it is a great event. When I rode in the parade, in a, in a red Corvette convertible with my wife and I on the back and my presenter, Shereen Williams, of uh, Fort Worth Star-Telegram at the time, mm-hmm. now for a football talk, uh, in front of me in the passenger seat. And they made me a player. The fans were so appreciative. It's, an, it's something that was the most monumental event I've had in my life. And I'll tell anybody going, go. And I'll say this in Raider Nation. I'm so glad Tom Flores finally got in, and uh, I know he's going to have a blast up there because now Tom Flores is immortalized with Al Davis and all those great players who came to Oakland, Los Angeles. And eventually they'll be coming through Las Vegas to the Hall of Fame.
1: Absolutely, John. And I know you've mentioned it before, how difficult it is to kind of narrow it down and weed through all the players because there's so many players that are are what we as fans look at and say, hey, these guys are Hall of Fame worthy. But it is just so difficult to to narrow it down to a very small few players that go in and, and coaches and contributors that go in each and every year. But that's what makes the Hall, John, so special.
2: The thank you about it, it's if you don't get in, it's not because you're not worthy, it's because of the competition. The competition mm-hmm. is fierce every year. And I was like, My God, how are we gonna do this? But we always do and I always think this class is the best, then next year's class is great, and it when I see those guys when they're inducted, when they get their gold jackets at the Canton Civic Center for the Shinese dinner, And they have somebody up on that stage helping put that gold jacket on them. I don't care how many Super Bowls you've won. I don't care what you've accomplished in your career. When you've got 7,500 people standing and clapping and strobe lights flashing and music blaring and you put on that gold jacket, there can't be. A better
1: feeling. No, there really can't be. And, and just being at that event one time and being able to see it firsthand and, and see the jackets being put on the, the players and coaches, it was just – it was. It was awesome, and it just kind of gives you that that feeling of, wow, you know, the, this is where the greatest of the greatest of the greatest are all enshrined right there in uh, Canton, Ohio. Uh, great stuff, John. We definitely appreciate you. You can find John McClain uh, putting on his work on the Houston Chronicle, Texas Sports Nation. John, what do you got coming out that NFL fans should be on the lookout for?
2: Well, on com, the Chronicle Sports website, I've got snippets of the TV show, podcast, columns, blogs, notes, and I'm about to write more about Deshaun Watson. It's all Deshaun every day, <laughs> as long as he's here. I don't care how many skill it is that he does. It's like it's the only thing people care about. Q and DeMond, thank you guys very much. It's always a pleasure to be on with you.
1: Appreciate you, John. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. There he goes. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Good dude right there. Uh, and letting you know how difficult it is to make that, uh, make that call and get those guys into to Canton. You know, some of the guys that don't ever get in, like you heard him say, it's not because you don't deserve to get in. It's just, it's just a numbers game.
0: What he said was so poignant like about the competition because I just looked at a player that was like, he should be in the Hall of Fame, Torrey Holt. It's just a random player I was thinking about. Right. But then you think about Calvin Johnson's up. Who can we put in? We Let's say if if we've got to put in one receiver this year, Torrey Holder, Calvin Johnson. And then it's just like you just keep getting pushed back, right? Like, even though you have those numbers that are obviously Hall of Fame. Work- well, working. and
1: that's the thing, and you bring up a good point with the wide receiver position. I'm glad you said that one because the wide receiver position, man, that is probably the most difficult position to get guys in because you have guys like Cliff Branch that should be in. We all know he should be in. But then wide receivers now put up such big massive numbers. Massive numbers. So then you look at I mean look how long it took T.O. I'll tell you right now T.O. should have been in way before he got in. That was his biggest argument. But there was a log jam. Look how long it took Tim Brown to get in. Should have been in. Took him way too long to get in. But
0: like some like Reggie Wayne's numbers are probably like first ballot worthy if you're just going like incredible numbers
1: it's just the numbers you know because they changed over the course of time with the way that the game evolves it's just hard to say well this guy's numbers are 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 better than this guy I mean and and and, you know a lot of Raider fans will point at Drew Pearson and say wait a minute Drew Pearson is going in this year that could be Cliff Branch Cliff Branch again should have been in years ago wait well before he passed should have been in no doubt about it it's just that the, the log jam at that wide receiver position is probably the most difficult one. And and before Tim Brown got in, he was very, very, you can hear the frustration in his voice. He'd be on Radio Row all the time, and he'd be talking about how frustrating it is because he knows he's a, a Hall of Fame wide receiver, and it just was a numbers game. And it was just a log jam and couldn't get these guys in. And I know there was a point where Tim Brown thought it's just never going to happen. I, I promise you that because he told me. <laughs> he told me straight up, like, I, 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 Q, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't. Just because, not that I'm not worthy of the Hall, it's just because it's such a logjam. It's so difficult to get all the guys, like John said, that are worthy to get them in. So many thanks to John McClain for joining us there to talk all things NFL as well as uh, dibble and dabble with the the Hall of Fame and, and just kind of breaking that down as well. Now, the question I threw out there, I want one bold prediction. One bold prediction for the Raiders 2021 season. Let me know what it is. Uh, Raider Nation listener line 702 365 9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. It's 255. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.